When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is your moment. Your time to shine. Your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I know you'll be alright Even when times get hard And you feel like you're in the dark You will see Just how beautiful life can be When you soften your heart you can finally start to live your truthiest life. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Truthiest Life. Happy Friday. I hope you're all having a great week. I want to give a shout out to everybody who listened and shared last week's episode with Melissa Wood. That was such a great episode. It's one that I'll be listening back to a million times over. If you didn't check that out, don't miss Melissa Wood's episode on The Truthiest Life. It's the one right before this one, and it was incredibly impactful and a great reminder that all of us have struggles and share the same hard stuff, and sometimes we don't realize that when we go to somebody's social media page, and it's a great reminder that just, you know, be kind to everybody and know that you do not know the shoes that they've walked before you are meeting them. This week's episode is especially exciting for me because it's with a very special guest who is the reason that this podcast exists. It's with Amy Brown, you probably guessed it, who has been an incredible force in my life. If you're not familiar with Amy, Amy is the co-host of The Bobby Bone Show. It's iHeartMedia's award-winning country radio show that broadcasts every morning. So Amy is on air every single morning doing that. And she also hosts her own podcast, The Four Things with Amy Brown Podcast, which I've been a guest on a few times. Amy and I met serendipitously through social media a couple of years ago, and she's just been the driving force in my life that pushes me to use my voice. So when she started her own podcast network, she said, Lisa, you're going to have a podcast. That's where the truthiest life came on. And she said, hey, we should also do one together and talk about eating disorders and disordered eating. So if you're not familiar with Outweigh, I have a secondary podcast that comes out every Saturday, new episodes, and we expose it all. We talk about everything from body image to food rules, to diet culture, to really anything. And we bring on experts all the time that we think can help our listeners really learn more about their bodies, learn to trust them, and really learn to heal so that they can also experience what Amy and I have, which is a life without disordered eating outweighs everything. So those are the two podcasts that I host and co-host, all thanks to this special guest, Amy Brown. Outway is really fueled by Amy and I's personal stories and passion to fight disordered eating and an eating disorder. Amy's story does involve an eating disorder specifically, and on today's episode, we do get into that. So I do want to give a little content warning for anybody that there's some sensitive material. So if this week's episode isn't for you, do what you need to do to preserve your mental health. 
And I want to say that I'm so proud of Amy because coming out saying, you know, I had this eating disorder and then I had this disordered eating and I went on air and I said things that I wish I didn't. All these things that that she's she's done over the last few years and in her journey, she's had to retract, take a step back and take responsibility now that she knows better. And that's a really hard thing to do. And I don't think we see a lot of public figures or celebrities really do that because sometimes it can feel like they're in too deep. But in order to live your truthiest life, right, you need to say, oh, wow, I was going through something here. I apologize for the things that I endorsed. And moving forward, here's who who I am and who I want to be. And I think that's really, really a hard thing to do. And hopefully we could grasp that even if we're listening and we're not public figures ourselves. And we can respect the challenge of coming out, if you will, about your your disordered eating or your eating disorder to millions of people and how liberating that is, not just for Amy, but how impactful it is to the people listening to say, oh, okay, I see a little bit of myself in Amy and I can admit it and now I can seek help. So I want to thank Amy for being such a brave guest, for having faith in me as a person, for seeing something in me, by the way, that I, I you know, I don't know if I would have made this push to have one podcast, let alone two in the past year, but for really just being a driving force in my life to really stay true to who you are. If you know Amy, you know that she is so connected to her values of charity and giving back to Haiti. And everything she does comes from this deep place of, I know who I am and I know what I'm here to do in this world. So she is a powerful, powerful woman. All right, without further ado, let's jump into this episode with Amy. I love you all. I'm so thankful for you all. And thanks for keeping the truthiest life going. Hi, Amy. So excited to have you on The Truthiest Life. Oh, I'm excited to be here. I know we've been trying to make this work for a while, so I am so pumped it's finally happening. Well, The Truthiest Life only exists because of you. So for anyone that doesn't know, Amy is the one that said, hey, Lisa, you need to start a podcast and really put everything in motion to make this happen and our podcast that we co-host outweigh. Okay, well, this podcast happened because of you. So uh, I think that I'm just someone that, you know, came along at a good time where I think you knew that this was something that you needed to add to what you offer and what you put out into the world because I feel like you have so much to offer and I'm happy that I could come alongside you for it. Well, I'm so grateful for you and I'm really grateful that you're coming on the podcast because most people that listen to Outweigh, if you don't know, Outweigh is the podcast that we co-host together all about disordered eating and offering information as to how you can get help, basically. Um, new episodes come out every Saturday and we do a lot of work together, clearly, but what most people don't know is that you're a really busy lady You've had a really busy year and we actually don't get a lot of time to catch up. I know. I wish we did. Like sometimes it's like quick connections and kind of, I feel like I know certain things that are going on in your life, you know, little snippets, but I know I want to just come up to New York and stay a weekend with you. I feel like we would have the best time. Like I picture it in my head. So I know it's going to happen eventually. Uh, probably after the baby comes, maybe I can come and help you out or something. Maybe before, maybe you and your daughter Stashira can come over the next few weeks. I kind of, I see it too. So I feel like we're, we're manifesting it, but this is kind of our public in front of other people catch up time. Uh, We're going to go a little bit back because I think your bravery to talk about your eating disorder in the last year has really been the pinnacle of you living your truthiest life. It came with more responsibility. It came with ownership. It came with you having to turn down a lot of things in business and it wasn't easy. So I feel like just kind of really getting into your story is really something that my audience, our audience can benefit from. Well, I think that I did learn that I needed to pivot a lot of how I was sharing content, especially on my own podcast for things. I used to speak in a way where it just was pretty irresponsible. 
I think that I would be trying something new. So I figured everybody else would need to know about it. You know, if I was doing a cleanse or mixing this with my water and doing this before I consumed food, like all these little rules that I had for myself, I would share with everybody thinking that I was just adding so much to their life because I had heard someone else say that this is what they needed to do. And I didn't realize even how harmful it could be. And in fact, I remember even getting an email from a listener who was very woke, if you will. And I wasn't offended, but I was taken aback and I had to pause and read it. And now I'm so thankful for the email and I know exactly where she was coming from, but she was politely telling me that she could no longer listen to my podcast because it was very triggering for her. And my defensive response in my head was, how dare she not want to listen to me tell everybody that you must consume hot lemon water upon waking up Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you must eat something green before you put any other type of food in your body. Like it just, I had, yeah, all these rules and I didn't, yeah, I didn't realize what they were doing to my audience. And now I have, I don't even know who that, person was anymore. I wish I still had their email so I could reach out to them and say, hey, thank you for being brave and sending this to me because she did it in such a kind way. Again, that's why I think once I sat with it, I realized, oh, it wasn't that bad. But I think our knee-jerk reaction at times, even if we do get some constructive criticism, because we do think we're putting good content out there, might be to get defensive. And I'm thankful to be in a place now where I see it and I see it clearly. And I'm not going to be perfect And I'm not going to always put out stuff that everyone's going to love or feel is good or people can find things to pick apart (laughs) like Mm. all day long. But I just, I just have to know that I'm striving to do my best and, and learn new things and unlearn things. And, and it's a journey. Oh, this makes me want to talk about, I think I took a screenshot of this quote that Um, Brett Eldridge, he's a country artist. I saw him repost it, but I think he reposted it from like Dr. Amen or Amen or something. I don't know how to say his name, but it literally is kind of along the lines of what we're talking about right now. Not totally, but it says, so many people from your past know a version of you that no longer exists anymore. Growth is beautiful. And I think that my listeners, my audience they're growing with me and they've appreciated that growth. And the only part where I can read this and think like, oh, someone might not be jiving with it, maybe not even on a public level, that it might be more on a personal level of certain boundaries that I've had to set for myself that maybe someone doesn't understand. And that is growth in my department. And they may struggle with this new version of me, but that's not my problem. And that's really hard for me because on a professional level and a personal level, I care a lot about what people think. So I don't know. Right? I didn't. I didn't plan on sharing that quote. So sorry, it took me a second to pull it up. But I think it's so good, and I'll say it again. So many people from your past know a version of you that no longer exists anymore. Growth is beautiful. Well, before you even brought up that quote, I was kind of just thinking that there's been an evolution of Amy over the years, and evolution is growth, right? Like you have had a transformation, certainly not an easy one. And the things that you were sharing, the things like you mentioned, like drinking this in the morning and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. There's nothing wrong with them, but they were for you disordered because they were things that you felt that you had to do in the name of wellness and true wellness is actually what was happening underneath all of this which was this evolution of you the trying of these things the learning that it doesn't work the getting listener feedback the sitting with it like all this time you were chasing wellness but really true wellness i feel like was chasing you does that make sense yeah i mean i think that on the journey, like when I'm when I was on my way there, I crossed paths with people that showed me a new way. I just don't think for so long I even knew there was something different. But because I was on a journey and I was open to it, I think that's why even I was open to your Instagram page. However, I came across it. Like it was just such an eye-opening thing to me that there was another way. I had been so immersed in wellness and diet culture and working out. I just think of like the different things that I would get into that I would then 
spread to those around me. And it wasn't even just podcast listeners. It would be family members. It would be friends, everything. Like I would travel to other countries with my lemons because I needed my hot lemon water. And I would make lemon water for everyone that I was with, whether they wanted it or not. They were probably like, okay, fine, we'll drink this lemon water because Amy made it for me, but they may maybe didn't really want it. And yeah, is lemon water okay for someone to consume? Absolutely, if it makes you feel great. But I was to a point where it's like literally I could not function. Like my day was off if I didn't have my hot lemon water. Right. And everybody, I feel like throughout their journey can relate to that one thing that they got caught up on, whether it's the lemon water or a different type of food rule. Well, I had lots of things, but like lemon water, we're just using that as an example. I would have things where in my head, if I didn't work out, I would feel like this is a weird thing. I don't know if I've ever even said this out loud before. But I would feel above my knees, I would start to feel like they were het, like the skin above my knees were squishy and heavy. So a little like psychosomatic, like it felt real to you, but it was coming from a psychological place. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, it's just wild to me to think about. mm -hmm. I just want to highlight your growth as somebody who's in show business. So, you know, you are a radio personality. You've been on the radio for over a decade, right? 15 years. 15 years. And you're on a major show with lots of listeners who, when I listen to a radio, a popular radio show in, in New York, I have been with the same hosts, you know, for the last 15, 20 years, probably more. And while I love them because I love them. I feel like I'm in a time warp listening to the types of conversations and advertisements that they do. I don't know if this is a general radio thing or not, but it's like they're still talking about weight and body image in the same way. And obviously there are big sponsors in their pocket. You know, the types of advertisements that they're getting are for weight loss and detoxes and stuff like that. For you to show up to your life and say, I'm evolving meant turning down what I assume are the same sponsorships that are possible for you. These big money ads. Yeah. I think that on a national level, I can't control what's put out there. And you know, you and I, we even go back and forth. We have so many problems that we're working through with our sales team trying to figure out because on a national level, there's things that are being sold that you and I may not voice and endorse for And so I I may not have a say in all the content or what my co-hosts are reading for, but yeah, on a personal level, especially on four things, like I've definitely shifted the types of advertisers that I'll work with. Or if I do agree to something that could possibly be triggering to someone else, if it's worded a certain way, like what they're doing or the product they have is not bad in itself, right? But if they want me to talk about it in a way that can be harmful and damaging, I edit the script. I'm like, okay, yes, I had a juice endorsement for years and I promoted cleanses because I did them myself. You know, I would do three, four, five, seven day cleanses. And then I would do commercials for them as well. And I remember when I was evolving and making this change and I had to go to the company that was in a contract. Well, actually some of our producer for the show, Bobby Roncho had to do it for me. So poor guy. Uh, But I had to go to him and I'm like, hey, look, like I don't mind talking about drinking juice because I do think that there's benefit to having juiced fruits and vegetables, Mm -hmm. but I no longer want to talk about a three-day cleanse or even a one-day cleanse. Like I I no longer want to ever tell someone that they need to not consume food for any amount of time. So I don't know that they were very happy with that um, change, but um, they accommodated me. But your audience listeners who you said have been along for the journey are appreciative. And I know, you know, you might not be a famous like Demi Lovato, right? But you do still have a level of fame. You reach a lot of people on your morning show. You reach a lot of people on your podcast. And I think it's just kind of highlights on a micro, but pretty macro level, at least, you know, from where I'm sitting. When you come out with change, you know, I struggled with disordered eating. I struggle with an eating disorder. Everything else in your life has to shift 
or you're out of alignment. And those are not easy decisions to make when you're disappointing somebody. Like you said, your network was probably not happy with you. You know, you had this great partnership going for a while. And I think those hard decisions are really like what life is about. Like, are you going to choose you or are you going to choose you know, making other people comfortable. Yeah. I mean, and that's something, honestly, I'm still working on, on a professional and a personal level. I think that there's steps that I'm taking towards that, that type of, of growth and what's true for me and what's going to be best for me. But I know that I have so much growing to do. It doesn't happen overnight. And especially for someone that's operated a certain way for so many years, it's almost sometimes... Yeah, it's not my first natural response to make sure that I'm doing what's best for me. Because sometimes I don't even know, honestly, that I know what that is. Mm. I struggle with trying to figure out something I talk through with my therapist is that I don't like making decisions. I don't want to make decisions. I would much prefer someone just delegate things to me and then um, also make decisions for me. There was some app that came out where you could, you know, pay people (laughs) in a funny way to like make all your decisions for maybe what you're going to wear that day to what you're going to eat to big decisions. And I was like, this app is genius. And my therapist was like, you're not allowed to download that. Uh, You have to practice being an adult and making decisions for yourself and yeah, setting those boundaries and doing what's best for you. And I think too, though, closing some of those doors back to where I have been able to actually put this into play is like you're saying with some of these commercials and endorsements, you know, for someone else, it might be something different, their career or their personal life. It might not be a commercial, right? But while I shut the door to some stuff, other doors have opened. Mm. And I know that's so cliche, but it's very true because I had, this is just an example, but I would have never done or been able to do like a Milano cookie Mm. endorsement. And I actually love Milano cookies, Mm. but because they were on my no-no list, I didn't allow myself to have them. So there's no way I was going to encourage my followers and my listeners to eat them. And it's almost like I thought I was better than a cookie. (laughs) Not that I'm sitting around eating Milano cookies all day long, but I like that now I can invite that into my life and talk about a cookie that I actually do enjoy that otherwise maybe I had had off my list. And then that is actually played out in my life. Like I, I act as though that's normal. We've talked about this on Outweigh with Jennifer acting as if for me, I've had to act as if eating a Milano cookie is very normal because I want to train my brain that it is very okay and normal if I want a cookie. In fact, before we recorded, I still have old thoughts that creep up into my head all the time, but my daughter had some leftover spaghetti that wasn't gluten-free and, you know, it had all the sauce on it and some Parmesan, different things. And I was hungry and that's what I was craving. So I heated up her leftover spaghetti. And as I was eating it, my head did say, oh, I wish this pasta was gluten-free. But the reality is I don't have a gluten allergy, <laughs> but for so long, I, I lived as though I couldn't have gluten because that's what the world was telling me. And I just sat there eating the pasta before I met with you, acting as if this was totally normal. Mm-hmm. I love that I'm sitting here eating this yummy angel hair pasta that is not gluten-free and it's exactly what my body craved and wanted and needed and I am satisfied now. I'm acting as if this is normal, even though in the moment it didn't feel very normal for me mm-hmm. because I felt like I was breaking all these rules uh, that I used to have for myself. I think acting as if is such a great tool. And I'm going to link that in the show notes, the episode we did with Jennifer Rollins for anyone who's like, how do I do this act as if thing? I want to experience this type of freedom with food, or I want to have a tool to get me through the hard moments where my brain is talking louder than I'm able to understand what I need. So we're going to link that episode below so you can kind of get to know exactly how Jennifer Rollins, an eating disorder therapist, helps her clients and all of us really push through those hard moments every single day. It's an exercise. You're working a muscle and you have to continue to do it. It's almost like anytime I ever think, uh, uh, nope, probably shouldn't do that. I literally go and do it. (laughs) 
because my old self is creeping up trying to restrict or trying to deny me or trying to do whatever. And we know that that is going to later lead to what I don't want to deal with, which is like a, a cycle of any type of binge restrict situation. So I'll just give an example because I feel like examples are helpful for people. I just gave the pasta one. Another one would be, I love peanut M&Ms and not, not all of my examples that have to do with like candy and spaghetti, but I walked by a big thing of peanut M&Ms that we bought. And I love now, by the way, that I can have a big bag of peanut M&Ms in my house. That used to would never have been allowed because I wouldn't have trusted myself. I would have eaten the whole bag or just thought I was going to eat the whole bag. So I just wouldn't allow it. But I walked by and I was like, oh, a little handful of M&Ms would be good right now. And something in me was like, no, probably shouldn't do that today. And then I was like, you know what? You just earned yourself a handful of M&Ms. So I march over there and I stick my hand in there and I freaking eat a handful of M&Ms because I am still working at like training my brain to think that it's not a big deal. So that way I absolutely can walk by that bag of M&Ms every single day and I'm only going to stick my hand in when that is what I think Mm -hmm. I need to do. But it takes work to get there. Right. And there are going to be some days where you're going to be like, Oh, peanut M&M's. Interesting. Not really in the mood, but because your brain is still playing some tricks on you and there's some confusion between do I want them or am I not having them because I'm restricting or because there's some ideas about them being good or bad, I need to plow forward with having them so that the exposure breaks down and neutralizes the food as a whole, which is so cool that you're doing that. Yeah. And I want to, since I said, I'm not going to just do like, you know, pasta candy, I want to use this example with um, something green. So I used to have greens every single day. Like there would not be a day where I was not consuming something with roughage because I felt like I had to have that every day, whether it was in a green smoothie, in a salad, you name it. I was force feeding myself greens, even if I didn't want it. And so now to show you how that works for me is I feel like I actually know now when my body needs greens because it it tells me. And sometimes I'll have a thought though, where I'm like, oh shoot, I didn't have anything green today. I better go do that. And I go, nope not going to have anything green today and I'm going to bed and I'm going to be okay with that. Mm. And so that's an example of doing it kind of on the the vegetable side of things where my body will survive. If I don't have greens today, I am going to be okay. And there was a time where I just, I didn't think that was the truth. And I'm sure other people can relate to different foods that they've added in that have become, oh, I need this in order to have a fast metabolism or in order to have my body's digestion work optimally. So thank you for providing those powerful tools. So I think for a long time in your industry, correct me if I'm wrong, the people around you, because you were on these juice cleanses and you were the quote unquote healthy one, they saw you as the pinnacle of wellness. Is that true? I feel like there was people professionally and even personally that would come to me, yeah, for advice. And I sometimes I felt like a fraud because I knew deep down something was wrong. Well, first of all, I knew with the eating disorder that something definitely that was off. But some of the disordered eating, I didn't quite have a name for it because that was new to me once I met you. But I knew that something was off with me. So I felt weird when people would come to me for advice, but then I would think, oh my gosh, you've done this to yourself because this is all you talk about. So of course they're going to come to you for how to make this smoothie and how to do this three-day, not even how to do it, how to survive this three-day cleanse and what's the next workout that you need to be doing. But I always, I wasn't comfortable in my own skin. So I thought, oh, I can't believe they're coming to me. Or I would think, uh, people are looking at me talking about this so confidently, like I know what I'm talking about, but they're probably wondering, why doesn't she look amazing? Because as much as she's cleansing and working out, she should be like super fit. But I would have this whole story in my head. Like I was reading their minds and they weren't even saying that out loud, but it was the story I had created. So it's like, I wanted to be that person because that's all that I talked about. But then I didn't feel like I represented that person well, because it just wasn't really me. I don't know if I'm explaining that well, but it makes sense in my head. I just don't know how to say it. 
Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days. Like literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? Especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad-spectrum UV protection. We're talking UPF 50, and it has airflow so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? Putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to me. Columbia PFG has you covered with their Castback TC shoe. Its OmniMax cushioning and traction system helps if you're on your feet a lot, say, fighting a fish. Not to mention keeping you sure-footed on a wet, rocking boat. So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear. So the parts that the world saw were the, you know, what what you and I call wellness under the guise of health, the juice cleanses, the gluten-free, the trending workouts, all that stuff. The part that you said you knew something wasn't right, you're referring to an eating disorder. Yes, which led to me not feeling my best, which led to negative thoughts about how I shouldn't be someone that people come to for mm. health advice. And of course, I was making it like a visual like a physical thing, like in order to actually be that person, I needed to make sure I looked like I was that person. So if I felt, I guess just for lack of a better word, if I felt fat that day or something, like I would think like, oh my gosh, they're probably wondering why is she keep talking about cleanses when she's so fat? Mm -hmm. You know, when you're going through an eating disorder, disordered eating, you have dysmorphic thoughts. You have thoughts that are not true. And when you look in the mirror, mm -hmm. you have a dysmorphic perception of what you're seeing back. And all that information combines and kind of makes your brain implode. Yeah. And I put in a lot of hours of work working on the body part of it. And then now I've very recently been trying to put in the part with just kind of just vanity overall and embracing aging. I turned 40 this year and, you know, certain things that I want to do to try to feel good and stay young, like even just with like my face. And mm -hmm. I feel like that can get out of control too. And then now I'm starting to wonder and work through in therapy, did I transfer one thing to the next and start focusing on maybe my face mm -hmm. or my hair and it be, you know, certain things, just all the little things you can do to try to make sure you're still looking youthful. But the reality is I don't need to look 20 five and I don't need to compare myself to 25 year olds. Like that's the funny part. I think because the business that I'm in, I'm sometimes around like these young pop stars, mm -hmm. <laughs> like in the country world and pop for that matter. Because I mean, I work for a big company that we put festivals on different artists come in and they have collabed with someone in country or I'm just around people that are a lot, a lot younger than me. And then I think suddenly I'm like, oh, well, 
I need to look like that. And then I'm like, oh yeah, well, for one, I'm not a pop star. And for two, pop stars shouldn't have to look a certain way. And then for three, yeah, I'm not 25 or, or, or even 21 or or 30 for that matter. I'm 40 and I want to, I want to start making sure that I'm not getting too carried away with, you know, the age part of what makes us up, you know? Like yes. I, I got the body part and food part down. Mm-hmm. Again, still a work in progress, yeah, but sure. I definitely put things into motion. We're always growing. So that's just a little thing that I've currently been working on the last few weeks. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm I'm a little bit younger than you, but I have the same thoughts that I'm having, you know, all the time. And there's something about wanting to feel good in your skin and, you know, taking good care of yourself, your, your body and your skin and nourishing it with all the treatments that are available. And then there's the overboard and then there's the never enough. And it can very easily transfer into that. And it's it's going to look different, I think, on each person. But I love that you're having these conversations here, but also with your therapist, because they're really hard conversations to have as women, <laughs> I think. Yeah. And the face stuff or the age stuff, too, like just kind of picking myself apart with my face, like... Mary, my friend, she's the one that brought it to my attention. Mm. And she had been spending some time with me. And it was after my dad died, I definitely felt tired and ugh on the inside. It was just like my dad's passing was almost like, I don't know that this is the right saying, but it was kind of like the cherry on top for a total like really crappy time. (laughs) And I was like, what is happening? Is this real right now? But then I think I just felt so exhausted on the inside. And then something about that was just coming through in my face. And I would look in the mirror and just feel, uh, so I would start to pick myself apart. And she was around me and I would say things out loud. And I've talked about this on my podcast too. So sorry if it's a repeat for anybody that's listening, but I think it's, I think it's important because she was able to come to me and talk to me about it. She noticed it whenever she left me and went back to her friend group in California. And like, no one was talking about that. Mm. So she's like, it stood out to her that like, I was talking about it a lot. I was bringing her into it and she kind of started to feel like that was normal. And she's like, oh, okay, well, yeah, well, maybe my eyes are like, you know, maybe I need to do this or do Mm -hmm. that. And once she left my presence, (laughs) sadly, I say that sadly because I was the one doing it, but good for her that she noticed it. And then she was able to say it to me. And, you know, Kat Defada, our friend that has Uni Therapy podcast, she was doing maybe like my fifth thing with me and we're recording. And she told me that what Mary did is called a carefrontation, which is you're confronting your friend about something or maybe even a coworker or it's a spouse or someone else in your life, but you do it in a caring, loving way. And it's a care frontation. Love that. Thank you, Kat. We'll take that. We'll take that with us. Mm -hmm. Just curious because you said you're in show business and I know you have male co-hosts as well. Do you find that everybody males included, experience the type of pressures to look a certain way or fight Yes. I think that's just an interesting thing because I hear a lot of men on the radio talking about the same things that us women do. But a lot of times we're just talking about that this is just a woman thing. But I think men are also fighting this. Oh, yeah. No, I know for a fact men in show business do. And there's some, they're not going to do it. You're not changing them. It doesn't matter. Like some guys are just like, whatever, this is what you're getting. And unfortunately, it still works for them. Not unfortunately. What's unfortunate is it may not work for a woman, but it will still work for a man. And the label isn't going to say, hey, you need to lose 15 pounds to make this work. I don't know. Maybe maybe some would, but I just feel like there's a different expectation for women versus men when it comes to actually being an artist. And then, you know, even on the radio side or the TV side, I'm not personally really in TV, but I know people that are. And there is a certain pressure of like, oh, I'm about to be on camera. I've got to lose 10 pounds or, you know, the 10 pounds that I'm quote unquote going to gain once the camera's on me. So there is a weird pressure that's just such a bummer. You know, we're all just built so differently. And if everyone could just comfortably and confidently be whoever they were born to be without pressures from people at the top or people that have somehow 
told us or dictated what is appropriate to look at on TV or in a magazine or in a photo shoot or performing on stage. Like, ugh. I mean, and let me tell you, actually, I mean, I don't do TV work, but I do have times where I know I'm going to be on camera or I'm going to be in front of a crowd. And that's what the freedom from that crap is. I don't miss that at all. Like I remember looking at a calendar back in the day. And by back in the day, I probably mean mm, year and a half, two years ago is when I really started to shift. So it wasn't that long ago, but I would look at a calendar and be like, okay, I've got an event here, an event here, an event here. Okay, I'm going to stop eating here mm. and I'll juice this many days. And then by the time I get to the event, like I'll feel great. And then now to just be, I just want to share this as just hope for anyone listening that might be stuck in that pattern is like, I stand before you right now, like with the biggest genuine smile and just like heavy burden lifted from me that like, I don't have to do that anymore. And like, I literally go day to day and I don't change anything based on whether or not I have an event. And I do think that I, and you know, Lisa, you and I talk about our wisdom. Sometimes I confuse which is outer wisdom, which is inner wisdom. Maybe you can break it down, but I know that I have a job to do to perform at times. And I know that certain foods are going to make me feel maybe more on or maybe more off. And I'm talking about like cognitively. Yeah, It's no longer about what that's going to do to my waist. It's more so how's that going to affect my performance and my confidence in the moment. But also too, I really think that I struggled with like if it was certain foods they would affect me negatively because I was consuming so much of them. If it was quote unquote on my bad list, because of course, when I was eating it, I was never going to eat it again. Of course. So I might as well eat it all. And so I do think that, yeah, there's that piece about it now that like, yeah, if I have a handful of M&Ms, that's not going to change the trajectory of my day. Like, I'm going to eat them and be like, okay, that was cool. Whereas before, if I'd restricted myself and then couldn't resist and then ate a bunch of M&Ms like overboard, then that's when the next day I would wake up and my body would be affected by it. Like I would feel it, you know, how I felt. Like, I don't know if it's just on a cognitive level. Cause again, there's like so much of like, it's not like you're really showing up bigger, but in your head, you can feel that you mm-hmm. are. But I just mean like the sugar part, feeling like not as energized. I understand. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days. Like literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? Especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad-spectrum UV protection. We're talking UPF 50, and it has airflow so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? Putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to me. Columbia PFG has you covered with their Castback TC shoe. Its OmniMax cushioning and traction system helps if you're on your feet a lot, say, fighting a fish. Not to mention keeping you sure-footed on a wet rocking boat. 
So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear. And I just want to highlight, even though we, you know, talked about the pressures of looking a certain way and that contributing to food stuff, one thing that like a light bulb kind of just went off in my head and let's call this, uh, what was the cat's word? Care. Carefrontation. Yeah. So carefrontation for you as well. Like I told you guys in the beginning, this is Amy and I having our catch up. You know, we didn't get into the details of your eating disorder, but you do, we do on, on Outweigh a lot. And Amy's really vocal about binging and purging in her past and that kind of being the problematic behavior. And we were able to dive deep into when that began, which was when when you lost your mother, I believe, right? Well, it returned. It began in my life in high school and then it returned. It probably didn't purge. There was binges, mm-hmm. but I didn't purge uh-huh. at all because I didn't know binging was a thing. Now I know what it was. I just was eating a lot, but I didn't know that I was engaged in that. Mm-hmm. Like I knew that I was eating almost uncontrollably and it like gave me some sort of fulfillment, but then there was no purge. And actually there probably was with working out, right. but I didn't realize that was purging. Yes. <laughs> I've learned so much, Yes, but the actual act of throwing up, mm-hmm. it was gone for about 12 years. Wow. I kind of felt like, you know, as an alcoholic has their chip. I felt like I had my 12 year chip and there was nothing you could do in the world to make me throw up. Like it just was not going to happen. I was mm-hmm. so proud of, of that. And then my, yeah, my mom died. And then the very next day I ate food and I threw up. And and at that moment, there was nothing you could have done to stop me from doing that. But it was just such a trauma reaction in my brain. And But the same it, thing happened with your dad, but with your face. I don't know that I'm far enough away from that to really assess the situation. Like now I've worked through what exactly happened with my mom and what that did. One of my therapists back at the beginning talked about like this just time capsule in my brain of like my body went into doing what it thought it needed to do to protect me Mm -hmm. from the pain and numb things out. And so that's what I was doing. So I was sort of in survival mode and I can't fault myself for it. I went to something familiar and comforting. And then that carried on with me for a handful of years, unfortunately. And thankfully I'm past that. But yeah, my mom dying definitely put it back into motion. Well, I'm just kind of highlighting that you've grieved big things in your 40 years, both your parents, your dad very recently. And kind of just expanding out the idea of eating disorders or any sort of disorder kind of stemming specifically from just diet culture. Sometimes they, they're maybe partially from diet culture, but oftentimes there's a lot of people who experience great loss and it becomes the one thing that they can control. Mm-hmm. And there is comfort in, you know, being in more control of your body or your face and, I think it's, I just wanted to highlight that, like you called it a trauma response. We have responses to trauma and eating or, or even maybe, maybe, you know, a fear of dying could be also why we're so afraid to look older. I don't know. These are just thoughts going through my head, but just, just to kind of highlight like how much bigger the conversation about eating disorders can and should be. Like, it's great that we're talking so much about diet culture and changing the norm. But I think even in the absence of diet culture, there would still be eating disorders because being a human being is really hard. And we have coping mechanisms that maladaptive coping mechanisms that sometimes evolve from them. Mm -hmm. We're very smart. Mm -hmm. Like I feel as though even with addiction or whatever your thing is like actually Kat did a podcast on addiction on her unique therapy that helped explain certain things to me that I had never really thought about when it comes to someone trying to numb out and are they smarter than us like they're they've kind of got it figured out Mm -hmm. because they figured out how to do this and I feel like that's sometimes what we can do with our eating disorder but sometimes we may look at an alcoholic or someone addicted to drugs and judge them and think oh my gosh what's wrong with them they're stupid but actually I'm paraphrasing Kat did not put it this way but actually they figured it out and they're 
trying to just get through this crazy life. Exactly. And um, that's their way of numbing it. So I encourage you to actually listen to the real episode. Okay, we'll drop, Lisa, we'll drop that could, below as well. Yes, <laughs> link it so that people can actually hear the expert talk about it. Okay. But it makes me think too of what my therapist told me recently about something I did last year. And let me go back to also what I was doing maybe when my eating disorder returned after my mom. Like I'm saying like it was my body trying to protect me, but it's like I'm also, I have so much compassion for that girl. I was ashamed by her and disgusted by her because that action is just so gross. And yeah, there was a lot of shame around it. But now I'm like, oh, you know, thank you for trying to take care of me. And I'm thankful for that. Now I'm also thankful that I'm no longer in that type of behavior, but I'm not mad at that girl. I'm not angry at myself for protecting me in that way. And my life in fall of 2020 was really starting to unravel a little bit and just things were getting very stressful. And there was a day where I literally just walked out my back door and all my clothes on and just walked right into my pool and then went underwater and then I emerged and I was like, what just happened? Okay, hold on. Just to back up, you just yeah. walk outside and like your body- All my clothes on. But your body like led nope. you there. It wasn't in your brain? Uh, yeah, it was my brain. I mean, I don't know. I was very aware that I was doing it, but there was like nothing you could have done to stop me. Like I needed to escape my life and I wanted to go there and then I went underwater and then I emerged and I felt a little crazy, but I also felt better. <laughs> and it came up, I have, I didn't have this therapist at the time, but I have a new one right now and that she had not heard that story yet. And it literally came up this week in a session. And she looked at me and she said, Amy, how brilliant of you. Because I had, I kept thinking, I even I'm went crazy. on the Bobby Bone Show the next day and I talked about it on the radio show and I was like, y'all, I've lost my mind. I walked into the pool with all my clothes on and like, yes, all my people on the show, Bobby Lundrox, Eddie, they're all like, oh my gosh, Amy is like cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Like she's lost it. She is losing her mind. Like somebody help her. And so that was the narrative for me. And now I love that my therapist has told me, actually, no, that was brilliant. That was you taking care of yourself in that moment. I didn't do anything to harm myself or harm anyone else. I just needed to do something. And yes, it's very drastic and dramatic to walk out of your, in your backyard and just walk into your pool and want to disappear for a second. But I really did emerge. And this is what she wanted me to focus on. She's like, when you came back up, how did you feel? And I honestly felt better. And that's where she wanted me. She wanted me to focus on how I knew what I needed. And while it wasn't like, something I'd ever done before and I haven't done since. Um, but now I know maybe it is something I need to do from time to time. But just having that permission to kind of do something that's a little off and just knowing that that I that was me trying to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. And again, nothing was harmed in the process. So yeah, I stand by the fact that now I was not crazy. I was brilliant. <laughs> no, really, it was because I mean, I, you know, as your friend, I know you've had a more than a challenging year, um, probably more than anybody could imagine and more than more than I could imagine. And I mean, I just feel like you probably felt trapped on every end of of your being and to feel trapped in your own body. I think, you know, this I'm not a therapist, but I try and study my own body and its needs is like sometimes you need an intense sensory experience to break through, even if it's just for a moment, to get out of those feedback loops of whatever story you're playing, to have your body, you know, the body can communicate so much. So sometimes if you can't get the feedback loop in your mind to change, doing something with your body that is safe, that is healthy, that is not with the intent of harm, big asterisk here, right? You are not trying yes. to harm yourself in the pool by any means. Doing something that is intensely sensory can change our brains, I believe. Again, I'm not a therapist, but I think that the body and the mind are so connected. And sometimes we work really hard here, pointing to my brain, but waking up the body could be a better place to start sometimes. And I think that's the brilliance that she was suggesting was like, 
your brain just actually went away for a minute and your body, which knew how to take care of you, which is kind of ironic given, you know, your history of eating disorder and disordered eating and your disbelief that your body could really know what's best for you. Your body, like in this, what I'm picturing very like cute zombie, but zombie-ish, you know, just went to the pool and took care of you. And I just picture you coming up and just being able to, like yes breathe no (laughs) like you've I mean you've summarized it beautifully like that's exactly what it was and I'm thankful to now have that that narrative because for months I lived with that I was crazy and in fact I'm even wearing our four things pullover that we decided to actually put out (laughs) after that episode or that event we were already talking about doing a, a pullover that said, I'm fine, it's fine, everything is fine because we all found ourselves saying it 20 times a day. Because In 2020. no, Yeah, <laughs> nobody was fine. And so we thought it was very fitting for the year and people could wear it and it'd be a great conversation starter. But it was, yeah, I think it was, it was after the pool moment. We we're like, yep, we're putting this up. <laughs> like we're, we're, we're doing it. And so now anytime I wear it, I think of that moment. But now, thankfully, talking to people that are a lot smarter than me have, have helped me understand that I actually, I may not feel fine, but I'm, I'm going to be fine and everything's not fine, but it like, I'm going to be able to take care of myself and there's a lot of hope in that. So I'm here for it. And there's a lot of just putting one foot in front of the other in that, like sometimes hope is too big. We don't know where, you know, what next week is going to look like, but we know what the next second may look like. (laughs) Yes. I, um, yeah, it's funny you say second, because maybe it's for some people, you might need to do one hour at a time. You one know, minute uh, at a time. One, one minute at a time. I'm currently at a place where I'm one day at a time and that's working for me. But you have to figure out what what is doable for you in this moment, this season, where you're at. What can you chew? And it might be minute to minute. And if that's where you are right now, that's okay. But you have to, yeah, <laughs> you have to make sure that you're not biting off too much to chew. Well, I feel like we covered a lot there. I mean, I think there's just so many bits of wisdom that I'm going to love listening to this episode back, especially as your friend of probably two or three years now. I mean, the growth that you've experienced, fortunate, unfortunate, but because of your grief, because of your growing, because you've shined light on the dark parts of you, I mean, that's what the truthiest life is about. You know, we might not have gotten into all the details of all the pain that you've endured, but nonetheless, it's so obvious to me that this pain has allowed for another really big evolution of you that that's the hope for for all of our listeners is like, if you're in that sucky moment right now, if you can't see your way out of it, I hope you could hear the expansion of viewpoint that kind of comes from the crappiest moments in our life. Yeah. Do you have an official tagline for the truthiest life? Is it something about the soft and the hard? And I think in, <laughs> in the beginning we were working that. I think I move. I I didn't okay. use it, but well, because yeah. then I because I would probably because I'm 12 years old and I would LOL and like mm-hmm. well, you keep talking about soft and hard. That's and what like, it was. My brain. <laughs> I, I forget. Oh my god, what was it? I, I had a tagline yeah. and it it. Oh my God. Of course I sexualized it. Sorry. No, but, but um, I was glad you did. Cause I was about to run with something that, uh, you know, many people would have sexualized. Okay. Well, <laughs> probably cause I work with a bunch of dudes, yeah. but I want to speak to that for a second because I feel like we can go through certain things in life that might make us or could have the potential to make us really hard and bitter and just miserable. Or we can go through life and yes, there's going to be hard moments, but we can come out on the other side soft. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> that, that's what I was originally <laughs> trying to say with the truth is oh, life. Know. But uh, I just wanted, I just definitely wanted to throw in the soft and hard because I do think that that is your goal with this podcast is to like tap into the softer sides of people and where are they really and how did they get there? And, you know, I don't want things to be wasted. I don't want 
hard stuff to just kind of leave me stuck somewhere. Like I want to grow through it and I want to come out on the other side better and stronger, but also softer, not harder. Exactly. (laughs) Now the default coping mechanism is to harden, (laughs) Uh but the wiser version knows that we can actually soften and still be strong. I think you put that beautifully. So (laughs) thank you so much for being a guest for really shedding light. I think on therapy too, without being like, everyone has to go to therapy. Therapy changed my life. Like just your anecdotal stories about therapy. I think will open a lot of people's eyes to the type of insight that you can get when you work with a professional and really show up with telling all those stories that you're afraid to tell. Like, I don't know. I just think there was so much, so much in there. So I'm so happy that you reemerged from that water and reconnected to your body and your mind and just your evolution has been amazing. Well, and I know not everybody has a pool to walk into, but for you, it might look like something else. Yes, you may just like walk into your shower with all your clothes on and turn the water on and just let it pour over you and just be there. I I do remember kind of coming out and that that rest of that evening being okay. And I did, I felt felt okay. So whatever that, that sensory thing is for you, maybe it's not that. I hope that you find it. And if you do have the resources to find it through the help of a of a therapist, that's amazing. But if you don't, just know there's there's a lot of resources out there that hopefully you can tap into and people you can follow on Instagram and podcasts you can listen to that might give you some of what you need to help get you through some of the hard stuff. Yeah. Thank you, Amy. We'll have to have you back on. And thank you for making Truthiest Life and Outweigh exist. Um, I love you. Yes. Love you too. Thank you. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. That's right, $159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.